0: All right, man. yeah, dude, savage, dude, savage. I'm not promoting this. I'm just saying it's a song that, man, do I remember it, it played every everywhere you went. The song is playing. only I know like the lyrics everywhere. Man. Like every every tattoo shop I went to, this was just on repeat. Just Mac Dre. Mac Dre owned NorCal in that like in that era right before he died. Actually, yeah, the hyphy. All right, yeah. y'all. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Big Bite BMX. Uh, Craig and I are just playing the music. You know, we like to do this at the intro, and uh I really enjoy it, man. It's probably one of my favorite parts of the whole show is just talking about like old songs we like, man, from like that era. <laughs> I think it was, oh like, yeah. Sally. That was, a, was that the Gucci Crew or it was Gucci Crew? Yeah, Gucci Crew or Gucci Crew Two? I, yeah, it, never got I the didn't... the two part. Yeah, I didn't. Maybe there's beef, and then they were like, well you're out of the band and you're back at you, This other dudes in the band and it's Gucci crew too. That's I don't it. know. I honestly don't know. Um, I don't. The, the first beef I remember was like Roxanne, uh, mm-hmm. like Roxanne, Roxanne, Roxanne yeah, Chante. Yeah. Um, and then after that, dude, I don't, I, it was, just, unless Yo! MTV Raps told me I should be concerned about it. I didn't really care. <laughs> Fat no Five doubt. Freddy wasn't worried about it. I wasn't worried about it either. Cause I hadn't, that, that was my only connection to like, east coast but like understand too like it, it's not like a diss to the east coast it was just that like the west coast also just had just like the east coast bangers were coming up we had like too short that was just like when I was coming up dude it was like too short um ah, I'm just blanking right now
1: no I I was you know I gotta, I gotta admit I was looking up videos for our, our uh, music for the outro because you got me hyped yeah. on uh looking up old stuff but yeah i don't man i it's been so long but you know you you hear those names and then you automatically bring up i think egyptian time. lover
0: wasn't egyptian lover from norcal Nor- Nor- he was i think he was from norcal you um, might have to look that up, See, man. egypt egypt yeah. dude that dude was dope who wh- was that his lover? name egyptian lover i think
1: so yeah yeah oh. yeah maybe so
0: Egyptian lover, baby.
1: That's who uh, born in uh, Los Angeles. He's 59 uh, years
0: old now. My guy. Good for him. Yeah. All right. Anyway, back on track. This is BMX show, but we also like a little bit of old school hip hop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, you guys. Welcome back to Big Bike BMX. My name is Isaac. This is my best friend, Craig. We yeah. talk about BMX stuff all the time. Uh, we ride big BMX bikes, and we talk about all kinds of random stuff, news around big bikes, uh, BMX events, freestyle stuff. It's We're eclectic, you guys. Um, I named the show, like one episode before Craig came on, I named the show Big Bike BMX because I was going to talk about my big BMX bikes. Uh, I meet my friend Craig here. We start a podcast, and we just talk about everything old school BMX freestyle. So uh, it's just a weird name. If you like old school BMX and your body feels great, on a bigger BMX bike, you found the podcast for you. So welcome you guys. Welcome. Yeah, happy to have you. So I just had to explain who we are after that long ass NorCal hip hop rant that we went on, dude. I love it though. All right. So uh some news around the big bike world. Craig, I have not prepped you for anything that's in my head. So you gotta break in if you have news too. Uh we're gonna talk about some collabs that came out real quickly. Uh the the ones that I've seen personally i just saw the throne mr cartoon collab yep um saw that one in person i got to tell you dude i think it's the best decals uh artwork i've seen on a big bmx bike uh clean clean stickers the decals and the the graphic on it like precision you know what i mean wow. i think they they spent some extra money on those decals um the decals on it, great. The color, it's like a purple white. Um, love the the accents that kind of tie it into a Mister Cartoon. And Mister Cartoon, for uh, those of you who don't know, is a, is a legendary OG uh, tattooer and uh, like artist. Just he does all kinds of art, not just tattoos, but that's what I know him from.
1: Yeah, he's he's um, a he's definitely a cultural icon down at, yeah. uh, from Southern California. Yeah, where, yeah, well known beyond the tattoos, but I think the tattoos are kind of like you know what what people know them for so it, it the the bike you were talking about um just kind of like you know the decals and all the design it just has that yeah. feel that socal like lowrider feel
0: yeah in fact the 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 wheels dude are like i think it's 120 spoke uh straight laced wheels so it looks like a dayton kind of yeah Or it's yeah. a dayton vibe you know what i mean or uh what's the, who else did wire wheels dayton's and
1: dayton's is know. what i remembered but yeah.
0: uh yeah. Okay. So it just mimics like a that it's a nod to the roots that he has in like custom cars, low rider culture, and it's just it's a beautiful bike, fantastic looking bike. Can't can't. Uh, there's nothing I could give you a con on. I, I thought the I thought with the extra spokes that it was going to be hard to to wheelie, Um and it it felt as heavy as like a normal front end would on a. Oh, so you got like to ride 29. it. I wrote, yeah, I I was like, bro, can I try? I just wanted to be like, can I wheelie this without herniating my back at fifty? Because, <laughs> you know, you got to think, you guys, a front a front hoop normally has thirty six holes. Yeah, this one has a hundred and something.
1: Did you right? uh, did you pre stretch or anything before you got on it? Did you, you know, loosen up or was it just cold? Got on it, wheelied it.
0: Yeah, dude, I would love to tell you that I do stretching or any of that, dude. No, <laughs> you I go get through a yoga heart. routine? No. No, it, come on. Uh, I pulled up, couldn't get it the first time, kind of got acquainted with, like, the gearing and the weight, got it up second time, and yeah. So, I mean, it was heavy, but I wouldn't say, like, I mean, I, if you're if you can't wheelie, I wouldn't try and learn to wheelie on that bike unless you're willing to put in like the you know a couple months to get used to your bike yeah so and let me let me preface this real quick too because this is like a theory that i have tell me if you think it's true too okay so i get if i get a new bike or i change parts on the bike something that changes the bike's feel um like i normally i like it. it's very rare that i can just get on a bike and go like okay this feels at home and i'm feeling complete control of it um so, it, it takes me a while for my brain to kind of reprogram. It's, it's uh, like muscle memory for what this bike's going to feel like. So, that's that's like the difference. So, like jumping on like a 29 after I ride a 26 for so long, I'm like, I expect it to be heavy. But, dude, it, everything's going to be heavy. I've been on a 26, mm-hmm. right? So, so it's. do you feel like is that – do you have to get – you like how long does it take to, you to get used to a new part or new bike? Uh, okay that's a
1: great question um for those of you who were like me and riding only one size bike because you know you get comfortable like Isaac was saying like my comfort zone was a 29 inch um supercross had sent me out a 26 that i built up and getting on that was like it just did not compute you know there was no mu- like you said muscle memory it every, it was like this learning curve of like i, I would say a, a good Hour or so to feel like I was somewhat getting control, right? Bro,
0: you're being so kind, you guys. Here, truth, here's the truth: like Craig was like, Bro, I'm scared. I like a 26. I'm not gonna like a 26. Like he yeah. was just like, Yeah, just anti-26. I
1: psyched and I psyched myself out with it. <laughs> and to be honest, I was I was like, This thing pops up so fast. So to answer your question, yeah. But now what I'm doing, um, since getting a 29-inch super. Across uh, is I'm going back and forth. I'm flip flopping. You know, I'll ride one for three days, ride another, the other one, and take it out just to keep that dual mode, muscle memory mode, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. it seems to be easier. Now, you were mentioning something that's different is if you're on, let's say, a 29 that you've set up, you've been riding it, you, you get comfortable, and then you get on somebody else's bike, a 29er. Mm-hmm. Should be you know should be pretty much the same thing however like you got on the the cartoon bike mr cartoon there's it there's a learning curve with that too because the gearing's different the brake setup is different especially if it's stock or somebody else has set it to their preferences um you know for gearing and braking and all that stuff so i think there's always going to be that like um learning curve that you know, you're just going to have to like figure out real fast, you know, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I do. I, 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 I think I have like, I don't have any kind of commitment issues. Like I find a bike that I like and I just go all in and I'm like, this is the bike I'm going to ride forever mm-hmm. until like something else, you know, and like me, I had the the PK 29 coming back in 2020. Then I got on that. 5. Yeah, the twenty then I got on the 27.5 and I was like, this is it for me. I'm good. Um mm-hmm. then when I got then when I, I was on SE, they were like, here's a flyer, it's 29. So I wrote a 29, then I'd go back up to a 29, rode that for a while. Uh, but then went back to the 27.5. And now what I'm realizing, like, so you know, when I when I came back to BMX, I I I think I did the typical dad progression, right? And it's like if, if you see like the evolution of man where it's like chimpanzee, then to a standing person, right? That's pretty much what uh, everyone's journey back to, to big BMX is, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, uh, I've had, had my kids. Now they're riding bikes. Hey, I remember I used to like to ride bikes. So you go buy a 20-inch because that's what you rode, right? You're like, oh, I'm going to get a 20-inch. You have And then to. you get on it. Yeah. Then you get on it and you're like, the hell was I thinking? right? You're just like, your back is barking, your knee is barking and it feels like a circus bike, right? Because your brain remembers it when you were like, you know, two feet shorter. And yeah, so you're, you're like, different. damn, I'm a lot taller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you just kind of wonder like, man, the here's my thought. The first, the first time I got on uh, a 20 inch in, in my adulthood after, you know, when I was, when I started to have kids, I got on a 20 inch bike and I thought, man, I, I I don't feel like I was that much taller, right? I'm like, I, I don't think I grew this much after high school because I was in high school when I quit riding. Uh, and then I get on this bike and I'm like, how in the world did I do this? I was God. That's what I first thing I was like, <laughs> you were a God, Isaac. And now you are just even older than you thought you were. <laughs> That's what I thought. So the, prog- the progress goes 20 inch and then you realize like, this isn't as fun as it was. Uh, then I went to a 24 mm-hmm. and the 24 to me wasn't, it, it 24 is like a, it's weird to be honest with you. Like if you are going to race, completely understand it. If you are a person that rode bikes in the 80s and you are coming back to BMX and you get on a 20 and you're like, 20 is not right. You get on a 24. Here's the problem. The 24 is is too big to remind you of a 20. Not big enough to be comfortable yet. Right. So it's like you're so close. So the 24 is like this, this like it's a weird spot, but there that's that's for some folks. That's that's the way it was for me. I know dudes that get on a 24 and they feel like you can hear them get excited about talking about 24-inch cruisers mm-hmm. the way that I talk about like my supercross 26 now. Right. So right. I completely get it, dude. But for me, when I got on the 24, I was like, okay, it's it's still the wheel's too short for me to feel comfortable wheeling because it's still way too quick to come up and it's hard to. The the circle balancer balancers is short. So, and it was too big to, to do any flatland on uh because it was like the wheel size was just so odd for me. Um, and so it wasn't just it wasn't a very rewarding thing. So then I got up into the the next thing I just went straight 29. And then I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then I got on 27.5 and I'm like, oh hey, okay, cool. Size down. That was dope. But for me, I had a mental block at 27.5, like, oh, nothing below this. Like a a 26 inch, I was like, there's no way, dude, that's going to feel like that 24 did. You want to hear something? Yeah, go ahead.
1: I did my first ever ride out on a 24 inch bike back in 2017 or 18, I believe, Santa Cruz ride out. I you took out
0: Santa Cruz on a 24. I
1: did the Santa Cruz ride out on a, uh, and I have, I got pictures of this. I can send you it. I, it's it's you're going to laugh, but I did that ride out on a 24 inch quad angle. And it was, I didn't think it was going to be a problem. And, and, you know, I was like, wh- during the ride, I'm thinking, dude, this was the wrong bike. Um, <laughs> not that the bike isn't awesome. The bike, as far as riding 20 miles. And your knees coming halfway up to your chest, you know, and it was like, whoo! this. So I did what you said. I started with a 20, you know, riding a 20 around because that's what I grew up as a kid. I put so many hours into this, you know, the bike. And I was like, this has to be the one. Nope, not the one. 24 did the ride out. Nope, not the one. So I didn't ride that again. And I went from 24 to 29. And that's where I started learning to ride. You know the the bigger bikes to wheelie on the bigger bikes, so going back and you went to from a twenty nine to a twenty seven five. I went from a twenty nine to a twenty six. Learning curve and all that stuff I just talked about, but I found that it actually your skill set kind it grows because the bike is smaller, it's more maneuverable, it is lighter, um, and so when I got back on the twenty nine recently um i found out i had more control i felt more comfortable um i had a be- better body balance on the bike i had a bigger um what are they the the balance wedge uh, wheelie the wedge, the wedge. Yeah, I, yeah i just felt more comfortable that i was in a bigger wedge and uh, the balance point yeah and so that that totally i was like i'm gonna have to keep riding both of these back and forth so
0: good man that's dope yeah, yeah. I- I feel the same way, dude. Like for me, like riding, I kind of feel that way about like going to practice night at the track. So just kind of riding around and like starting to feel more comfortable, like, okay, man, I am I might start, I'm going to try and manual a double and just see if I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. Like, it's just, I'm increasing my bike skill and it, I I see like, okay, here's a deficit that, that I can challenge myself with. And then for some reason, man, it just makes it more fun when I'm on a ride out doing wheelies. um like i just have more confidence more i feel like i'm more in control so you know there we go We'll, we'll get back to the news but you guys let me know what you think like hit hit up craig send him a message send me a message do you what do you think like do you ride multiple size bikes and does it help you or are you one are you one of those folks that like me i'm i'm borderline like this where i'm like 26 is not my size right and then, like, let's say Bill, Bill's like, "Hey, dude, here's a 27 and I get back on that. I'm going to be like, "You guys, I found, I found <laughs> Jesus, and he was riding a 27 You know what I mean? I think, like, I don't know if if I'm committed to the size or committed to like the stoke of like, because yeah. each size gives me each size gives me a different, like, it scratches a different itch, it fills a different part of my love cup, and it gives me a just different sense of adventure. You know what I mean? So I can. Get up and zoom uh, the next day all day at work and smile, you know, and just be like, "Hey, all is good," Um, because I got some bike therapy in in me. So, let us know what you think. I'm just curious what you guys think: riding multiple size bikes, or do you commit to one size? All right, back to the news. So the the Mr. Cartoon bike, I thought it was really well done. So I applaud you, Throne. Uh, I I don't remember. I think I don't think it was a disc brake. So I think I would have said like, "Man, let's see a little bit more disc brake." But I know they're going back and forth between disc on some models and V brake on others um, still popular. And it's, it's cool. Be- Here's the thing about the, the, the V breaks. I think this is one that a lot of folks will want to customize uh, because it's such a limited run and yeah. the, the idea of it. So I think, I think uh, in that regard, um, it's a good, it's a good call.
1: Mm, I don't. Oh, it's 800 bucks. 800.
0: 800. Dude, that's a, that's a bargain. Good job yeah good job all right other collabs in the big bmx world right now and this is where we normally put the uh the mando theme but i don't want to get sued by disney so just pretend (laughs) it right just do the whistle just do the whistle in your head got it all right okay so mando dude i've i've wanted to see a mando bike for so long dude in fact I remember the very first, the very first kit, dude, the freestyling kit that I got from Rideout Supply. I went it all in and bought like the, uh, the super custom, whatever, uh, it's, it's the, like, he'll, where, where LJ will design you a, a custom sticker kit. That's the one I went with. Not just where you pick a font. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was like, I hit him up and I was like, I want to either do a Mando or a freestyling. and. Uh, I sent him some ideas about I, some illustrator files where I had already built like, uh, you know, some some decals and like some uh, some of the gun like his his ion blaster thing, his rifle anyways, because this is right. After, I mean, season one. So we he he's not even in silver. He's not in the silver stuff yet. So, right, right. Um, I was like, dude, I might want to do like a, a Mandalorian thing. And he's like, let's do freestyle, and I was like, okay, I'm all in. <laughs> so I've wanted I've wanted to do a Mando theme for a long time. In fact, anytime I see stuff, I'm like, do a Mando theme. Anytime someone's like, I don't know what to do next, I'm like Mando. So uh, to my to my absolute uh, delight, I saw that somebody went in and did a Mando collab uh, on a big bike, and it was GT. Now. Let's talk about a few things. Go for it. Price, Craig. What? How, this thing. This thing uh, was it twelve hundred bucks?
1: Y- you know what? I'm I'm sure it's somewhere around there. I cannot find it on their website. Basically, m- coming from like watching what GT has put out in the last year or two, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to to bag on them, but things have been kind of weird. Um, and I just mean that in all senses as weird uh, that. GT Performer e-bike kind of threw me off. I was wondering where the direction of this brand was going with the bigger bikes. I get the e-bike thing, but I didn't get the e-bike like married with the freestyle frame design. But, you know, like this one, obviously, um, you know, the Mandalorian is capturing not only the fans of uh, GT, but, you know, the Star Wars uh, Mandalorian uh, series and all that. So this one made more sense to me. Um, but I haven't seen too much of it. I, you know what? I've seen a lot of is the box. I've seen more of the box and what the bike comes in than the bike.
0: I've only seen like the promo, like the PR promo pictures of the box. Uh, and then I saw, I think I saw one like a box in someone's house. The box, you guys, is gorgeous. It's like a white box. It's got like silhouettes of Mando and Grogu. It's dope. They did a great job. As a, as a Star Wars fan, great job. So uh, interesting
1: enough, Isaac, on this one, and and it it looks their photos look great. Yeah. Um, interesting with the the five. I don't say spoke, but they're, they're, they're mag wheels. The the kind that uh, that you see some guys using the the shiny plastic mag wheels. Mm-hmm. So that's different. I haven't, I don't think I've seen a GT recently come out with, uh, with mag wheels. So that was different.
0: Well, that's cool. Yeah. I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to mags.
1: Right. I don't either, unless, unless they're coming as, you know, a stock complete bike and it's like, wow. So I'm yeah, curious yeah. as to what those are. But yeah,
0: let's yeah, I mean, dude, cool. It's a cool, it's a, it's a definitely a cool look. Okay. So I think I was a little, I'm just going to give you guys, this is my just humble opinion about the bike, right? I see the picture. It's it's a basically like a silver GT Performer frame, 29, beautiful, like paint on there. Um, and it's got like a small Mandalorian graphic um, on the, I think on the down tube towards down by the sprocket. Uh, I would have liked to see bigger, just bigger logos or bigger something. Um, I think they were going for... I'm going to match this to the Mando armor and that kind of a look because it's a silver bike, leather, brown leather pads. Uh, There's some uh, like the, I think it's called Arabish or something. It's the Mando lettering. It's that language they made up uh, Mm -hmm. on the seat. Um, Cool accents. I just, I think really the showstopper is the handlebars where they have the crest on the handlebars, uh, which is really cool. Super rad nod to the show. Um, it's the, whatever is, I, I, I don't know if I'm calling it right. The vigil vigil or whatever is like his emblem that the arm, that the, uh, armorsmith was going oh, to, yeah, blacksmith yeah. was like, Hey, you ready to get your crest or something? It's that they put it on the handlebar, uh, and, and they put on like the side of the, uh, the side tube of the handlebar. Um, so it looks pretty cool. I, I like that part of it. Uh, I would have liked to seen more on the frame itself. Um, so yeah, it's this
1: a was this a limited thing because um they didn't I, I didn't see any mention of like is this pre-order? I mean I've seen people looks like they're getting them shipped already. I I don't yeah. know where I'm seeing these boxes, I can't remember, but um I wonder if they, I, you know yeah. what kind of
0: run this is. I have no idea. I'm sure it's it's gotta be real limited because they're not gonna pump out a, a bunch of them. Yeah, I don't think they would, but I mean it's Mando, biggest show, you know, and and you got to think like the demographic for star Wars for this, the demographic to buy star Wars stuff is the exact demographic for, for like a more, a high end big BMX bike. Right. Because it's, you're basically, you're marketing to the, to the dudes that saw star Wars love Mandalorian and have a job that can afford uh 1200 bucks just floating around when you decided to drop the bike. Right. Right. So that's the, that's your demo. I would assume. Cause like, I would love to tell you it's kids, but like kids don't have twelve hundred bucks. That's not your demo, right? It's not your demographic. So, um, yeah, the box the box is great. the the uh, The frame I think was a little bit boring. I would have liked to see him do more with the frame. Uh, Yeah, it's 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 like uh, they just don't have an identity right now. I feel like GT doesn't. You know, like I don't know. It doesn't feel like. Or maybe I just don't get it. Maybe, okay, I'm going to go with this route. Maybe I don't get GT, because I know GT from the 80s, like the GT that you and I grew up with, right? GT and then GT yeah. Dino. The, the Eddie Fiola GT, right? The, right. The, the you know, that era. Um, maybe it's just a different, like, they're going out. It's, it's not for us anymore. They call it heritage, but like, maybe it's, they're like, okay. It's really not your jam, you guys. You well, let I me mean? ask you
1: this. Yeah. Are they, are they marketing or are they trying to appeal to the Star Wars Mandalorian fan who would like to ride a bike? Or are they appealing to the BMX crowd or cruiser crowd who also likes Mandalorian? Or is it a combination of both? What do you think about that one?
0: I would say, I'd say 50, 50, I mean, 50. It, it's yeah. Cause you're opening up, you're opening up your bike sales to a demographic, right? A whole new market of right. Mando fans, right. That are like, Oh, that's how much a bicycle costs. $1,200 for a 29 inch bike. Yeah. That seems, I remember my friend paid that during the pandemic. So seems hmm. right. You know, nah. and they go in and buy it. I think that's what it is. It opens it up to that, that kind of a market, because I mean, I'll, I'll and I'm saying it like, Man, I'm just gonna walk in and do that because I'm that guy. I'm let me also preface this <laughs> like, if I walk into, like, I don't know, um, a comic book store and th- there's like a, a Star Wars Darth Vader bust statue, and I'm like, that's dope, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, 300 bucks, yeah, it'll be cool on my desk, grab it, right? And so they walk out and they're, you know, they're like, uh, some old dude you know i mean some old head just bought that for 300 bucks and really we just got it for 20 (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i get it because i'm that guy that's like 300 bucks that's i put value on stuff i don't look at like all this like i'm not i'm not investing you know my kids future by buying bikes or star wars bullshit (laughs) you know Yeah, yeah so like those days are long gone you guys so like yeah. If you're collecting toys and you're, you're expecting to walk into target and buy something and you're going to put your kids through college. Mm-hmm. homie, me. Think, think <laughs> it through. Probably not. Uh, so anyway, I, I, but I love collecting stuff like that. So I, the collector part of me likes the idea of that bike. Um, I don't know. It, it's I the quality on it. I don't know if that's a $1,200 quality. That's, that's the other, the other part of it. Like, I don't know. It's
1: hard to tell from the pictures. Um, You know, I saw some of the staples of GT heritage on there, the, the mallet stem. Um,
0: I I didn't, yeah, yeah,
1: I love that. I I think that was my favorite thing on the bike, to be honest. Um, I, I like the show, but I'm just trying to trying to figure out, like I said earlier, I'm just a little confused with their direction. So it was just interesting to get your point of view. And if anybody's got a different perspective than Isaac and I, you guys, please send us a message, drop a comment. Uh, on this podcast and and let us know what you like about it or even what you don't. We'd love to
0: hear it. All right. So that's, that's the news on the bikes that I've seen that are up and available. That um, That's the, the like bike collab or anything like that's been dropped uh, recently. We do have, we'll come back and do a, a full episode on, um, I'm going to try and get some folks from the three day ride to come on and talk about that. We'll see if we get some folks to, to give their, Input on what that was like to experience a three day ride because he just got done with that and uh congrats and huge shout out to Todd Lyons uh for doing that I mean basically right after getting his knees taken off uh and replaced and put back together uh my guy's out riding a hundred miles in a weekend yeah um at at whatever age he's like he's like he's he's younger than I am, I think, but not by much I mean I can't imagine that dude's crazy. Wild he's man. a wild man he's wild <laughs> wild man <laughs> uh yeah he did it you guys so shout out to him um and the whole sc crew for getting out there and and promoting our our sport that we love so much good job everybody and uh doesn't look like anybody got hurt this time no one ran over todd which is cool um rickard looked like he took a pretty good hard hit um on the sand at the bonsai sand thing
1: a few uh, of them
0: yeah there's dude matt it, I, my favorite. Okay, I'm just gonna say this one part. This will be my like lead in, but like, yeah. Um, and I'm I, Matt Rickard. I hope you can come on and talk about this because to me, Matt Rickard stole the show. Uh, a couple days later, because it was like, you get you get all these people posting their own videos because a lot of people attend, and so over the week after is when the real joy of the week of the the weekend happens because it's like someone will post like a little clip, and I can't tell you how many clips I saw of Matt Rickard crashing like full scent. There was no, there was no just kickback for that dude no, at all this, this weekend. There was never. nothing, nothing chill about Matt Ripper. <laughs> like my favorite dude is like, I saw this video and there was, it was pointing. They had arrows pointing. I missed it. I didn't see him like the bonsai hill that everyone crashes on and the collarbone breaking Hill Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that most people just coast down. Matt goes full sprint. Right. And I'm like, what in the, what is he doing? <laughs> right. I. But the first time I don't see it, I just see people coming. He's starting to get by people. Uh, he rides into the grass flips and then it's like someone zooms and points arrows on the, the video. And then you <laughs> see Matt Rickert pop out like a little, like a, like a prairie dog, you know what I mean? Like looking around, just laughing. Yeah. And, um, I was like, Dude, Matt Rickard just stole the 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 story of the weekend for me because it was like, here's Matt falling, here's Matt crashing, here's Matt full sending. Everywhere he went was just full send and full fun.
1: My favorite, and and I'll just tell you this since you shared yours, was the that that sand or the bomb to this the beach. Yeah. And it was Scott brought hypes, bright, bright hops. Son in the lead looked like on a like twenty inch bike or something smaller, and then he eats just sand. Right, he 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 washes out, and then right behind him, Rickard's doing a big old cartwheel because he wipes out. And I was like, "Yep, had to be Rickard right there, bro." And he was (laughs) he was poised to ride it out. He kind of had to (laughs) divert and 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 you know make himself wipe out pretty much so he didn't run over Scott's son. And I'm like, "Yep, there's Rickard." Bounce yeah. right up! <laughs>
0: all six Still foot down ten again. of them. Yeah, you know, yeah, dude. Uh, my look, my rung his bell, dude. I mean, he just that guy just went full sand, full fun all weekend. So, Matt, I can't. I love I, my I, record, I, dude. I hope, uh I hope we can get you on here to talk about your uh the SoCal weekend. What what else do you know about that's going on around BMX? And then I, I'm kind of still psyched about Dirty Fest, dude, if you want to talk about Dirty Fest at all.
1: I am too. I'm psyched about Dirty Fest. I had a conversation with someone today and they asked, well, what was the difference between Dirty Fest and Frogtown? I was like, great question. Because both are grassroots um, gatherings of old school racers on un you know unconventional or old school dirt tracks. These are not, you know, the, the modern USA BMX tracks that we're used they're to not seeing. Manicured. They, they're, they're not, not man- manicured. No, well, <laughs> not in the way you think, right? The, the the composition's different. So instead of being an Olympic style or a, a sanctioned BMX modern track, this is just dirt. And, and it's, you know, and there were, I, I said, so there's that. And um, one of the things I mentioned was like, you know, I didn't, what I loved about Dirty Fest And I love it about Frogtown, too, in the sense of you can use this either way. Dirty Fest was not Frogtown and Frogtown was not Dirty Fest. I wasn't going to drive. This is just telling you guys the truth. I wasn't going to drive a 800 mile round trip in my truck down to Dirty Fest to be at Frogtown South. You know, this was something completely different. Uh, Yeah, it's in the dirt yeah, people are racing their bikes, but just everything going on at Dirty Fest just gave that sense of like, this is different. This, this has its own uh, vibe to it. And Mm -hmm. I was totally down to be a part of that and to experience it. And, and it was, it was everything that I expected. And then some, so, okay,
0: yeah, let me, let me ask you some, some questions then for me, just personally, right? Like, Um, To me, dirty fest was an absolute party who, you know, like during the racing, it was just like laughing and literally giggling and just fun racing. It wasn't too serious. I feel like the folks that show up to frog town are the folks that are like, I still got it kind of a vibe. Like they, like they Mm. have, they have something to prove. It's just the vibe that I get from the comments that I've read after some of the Frogtown posts. I feel like some people do Frogtown where it's like, this is just a fun, let's all get out here and yeehaw race. Like, let's just be kids again. And then there's other people that are like, let's be pro again. Hmm. Like, like I was in 80 something.
1: I feel that there's probably some truth to that, but I feel I feel like it showed more in Frogtown, being that um that I was there. Um, it, yeah, it does. There is a sense more of the competitiveness of the guys who were pro or who are hall of famers. It's for that road in that. Of course, I, th- I think there was a little bit of that at dirty fest, you know, that, that edge to win and wanting to win and, and all that. And, and don't get me wrong frog town. Those guys, there were people racing in costumes. There were side hacks. There were small bikes riding with bigger bikes. There were the fun factor was definitely up right and dirty right. fest had that too it just seemed like you said like there was more of a party vibe and and party vibe i mean nonchalantness like i'm gonna ride this little mini bike uh during one of the motos where guys are racing 24 26 inch bikes or you know that just like it was more carefree carefree um, there you
0: go yeah yeah
1: not so much pressure or anything but that's just my take uh i did i did like Frogtown for the reasons of my you know watching guys you know like like uh Terry Tenet and Dick Cheeseburger going at it you know uh just that comp competition that was me seeing um Stew Thompson for the first time in my life ride and he did not like leave anything on the table he was awesome and he was awesome in Dirty Fest Um, a little bit longer track at frog town, a little bit more involved in far as racing. Um, and dirty fest had an amazing track as well. It gave the crowd, you could see from start to finish pretty much, um, the whole race. So I liked that part of it.
0: It's almost like you're, you're like, I don't want to say dirty fest was had polished, but it had, I feel like it was very, like it was thought out and, and I think benefit to them they kind of had something to to build off of with frog town because uh, frog town up until that point, it was like, it's, it's what we want to do or nothing. And mm-hmm. people were like, cool bet. Let's go. <laughs> right. Like dope. Let's do, I'm all in. But, but now you have dirty fest, which isn't, I wouldn't say it's competition at all. Totally different times a year, still in California. Like it's, it's, it's not like it's like you got to pick one or the other at all, to, at least to the field to me. So it's not competition, but, Dirty Fest had the had the ability to look at Frogtown and go, I love this about Frogtown, but man, I would do this differently, which is the beauty of of you know not having to be the first one to, to do it. Right. So with Dirty Fest, I feel like there was you have a little bit more not polish, it's not polish, but a little bit more thought out of like, okay, I know what what I would do differently. I'm gonna have freestylers there. I'm gonna have you know, the, the vendor boost may be different. The, the, the dirty knobs podcast crew are dads. And so for me, and maybe I'm just looking at the lens through my daughter raced her first race there. So I have, I already hold it up in a, in a kind of a a nice light, but it's like, it was a family event. It wasn't a, a, you know, hard, it didn't feel like it was like a hardcore old school BMX event. It was like a, bring your family out, let's camp, hang out, campfires, and BMX. That's it, it literally was we I I keep calling it like a a time machine. Basically, if you could put on an Oculus and go back to 84 and be at a BMX event, that's what it was. Only we aged a little. That's it, the way Dirty Fest felt.
1: Yeah. And that age and that aging, right? Had I think Dirty Fest, <clears throat> as you said, because of the fact that that Frogtown had happened, you know, the first year of Frogtown got rained out. Pretty much they raced on Sunday, I believe, and maybe got a little bit in before or after, but it, it was kind of rained out. But second year was full on full weekend. Um, Mike Miranda was there, you know, all the notables were there. But the reason I mentioned Mike is because he got to see what was going on at Frogtown. And when you talk about the older riders, the families and everything. So Dirty Fest just had more layers, more con-
0: Creature comforts. Layers. That's yeah. good, and yeah. it
1: had the creature comforts and entertainment that um, maybe didn't have as much, lo- you know, at Frogtown. But because I mentioned um, the 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 fact that the the event at Dirty Fest was at a KOA site, which means there's camping right outside the dust bowl of the track. You could literally ride your bike from the track down to your campsite. There was festivities at night. You know, there was like an 80s costume party. There was a foot down competition. There was a mini bike competition, you know, a race, you know, just other things just stacked up that took you from the event and led you into the to other festivities outside of just racing motos and and vendors and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of like the difference I saw
0: yeah and you guys i'm I'm not I can't compare and contrast because I've only been to dirty fest so i I've not been to to frogtown, so I can't tell you like I think this one's better i I have my personal my personal feelings on dirty fest and yeah. i i I mean it's almost impossible for frogtown for me to go like because dirty fest is my daughter's first race and I yeah. you know it's one of those like dad moments dude frogtown could pick me up in a limo uh, and Eddie Fiola and Stu and like all of my my legends could be in this limo and we could drive from Arizona down there and they could just tell me stories and dude that would be awesome. And I would still have a hard time competing with my it, memories of it couldn't dirty fest. Right. Because it couldn't.
1: It just couldn't it, compete because that yeah. is such an, a pivotal and right. memorable moment for you and so, your family. Yeah. And it just wouldn't hold a candle and nobody would even argue right. the fact that you're like that happened there the first dirty fest my daughter raced therefore right. it is going to be my all-time favorite because of the memory associated with it.
0: Yeah, uh, I just I just don't want anyone to think like I was I was going like hey, do you got Dirty Fest is is the bar that's been set. Yeah, for me it has. Because yeah. that's, you know, that's that's what it is. But like I I I would love to go to both. You know what I mean? Like if I can swing both, I would love to go to both so I could experience both options. You know what I mean? Cause like I've experienced Dirty fest. It was amazing. And, and shout out to all those folks that, that made that happen. And shout out to the folks at frog town who make that happen. And who go through all that, the headaches and the stress and the blood pressure points. Uh, And so dudes like me can talk about like frog town, right? Thank you. All the volunteers and folks that, that do both of these events. For the love of BMX, first and foremost. A hundred percent
1: because support. Isaac, I'll tell you this, Um, you know, Frogtown, now Dirty Fest. But prior to these two events happening, just within the last few years, there really hasn't been this collective grassroots gathering of folks who can still race their old school bikes, hang out with pros, uh, be with their friends, camp, stay in an Angel's. Go up to Frogtown, you're staying in Angels Camp up in gold mining country, all these things, right? Yeah. This is happening now in 2021, two, and three. And we haven't had this. And I'm going to also throw into this mix the old school BMX reunion yeah, uh, at Woodward. So you get, you know, if you're a racer, uh, if you like freestyle, there's somewhere for us to go. And we, even, like you mentioned earlier, we even saw like the old school freestyle guys they're um hall of fame dudes freestyler guys from you know old school bmx reunion the the guys who organized that came out to support the bmx side of this it's it's a family that just there's no there's no boundaries man it's like everybody's going to enjoy themselves and that is what i appreciate all these guys who organize these events you know i i just give them the biggest like kudos and shout out dude because without them putting that time effort and all that stuff into this bro we we just wouldn't have this level of fun hanging out doing what we love
0: yeah i i cannot give enough uh props to those folks because like even this year mike's like mike had to text me like hey man can you please register um and, and i like I've known, dude, for like its registration was open for a super long time, and I was like, I'm going to mm-hmm. do that, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that, and I just did do it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I cannot plan my own birthday party, if <laughs> to save my life. So, me being able to, to, to do anything like a, a dirty fest, I cannot fathom that. I and what goes into doing like Frog Town, where you know what's up, like you've been in there, and you're like, all right, this is what it takes. And then you sign on to do it again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My guys, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's where it starts getting even more special. Cause you're like, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to die for this, <laughs> you 100%. know what I mean? Like, because I, and maybe I'm just throwing all the anxiety I feel about planning an event, but like, to me, that's stressful. People complain and I'm just like, bro, I'm just trying to make fun for you. And you want to complain at me. I I'm not that person that can run events. That's just don't. I'm not yeah, I
1: bad. have a hard time getting like three of my friends together to go out on yeah. a Friday and ride, <laughs> yeah. let alone a, a major event like Frogtown yeah. or, or Dirty Fest. So yeah, kudos to those guys.
0: Yep. All right, man. Well, I think that's about it for today. But I will tell you this, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We definitely appreciate all of you. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for riding your bikes. Uh, thanks for watching all the videos. Thanks for following us on our social media. Uh I cannot tell you how much your your this community and your comments and um I don't want to say like fans because it's not like that. It's like a it's a community of all of us just hanging out, all of us old dudes that love BMX when we were growing up and still love it now. Uh you know, going through this pandemic with y'all and getting back to normal life with you guys. Um, I I don't know how I would do it without my big BMX friends. So I appreciate y'all. I love you to death. Have fun out there, do rad stuff on your bikes. Let's talk about some music, Craig, on the way out. I'm gonna fast forward just a little bit. Yeah, these are also <laughs> these are also the mini truck songs that I also remember uh, being played everywhere. So it's like this could be your freestyle or mini truck, your your Mazda mini truck uh,
1: nostalgia. Yeah, riding around with the cars that go boom, right? Yeah i gotta right, hear dude. the uh the chorus on this one because that's that's really where it's at on this song right yeah
0: all right and so what happened was then she made a song in reply
1: and roxanne's revenge
0: like, yeah dude now then it was just like oh I didn't know they could do this in music. That's the first time I've ever heard somebody make a song and make a song back. Like yeah. that didn't have like you didn't have like uh uh <laughs> who, I'm trying to think of the time who was around uh Debbie Gibson and and uh Debbie Gibson Tiffany? was not battling with Tiffany at all. Uh, no. There was no like there was, there was no, no disc like, tape. None, nothing like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we didn't have any T Swift battles or anything like that.
1: And, and keith sweat and who else who would who would keith sweat battle uh i'll be sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah with his eyebrow <laughs> was it i'll be sure that had the one eyebrow who was yeah, it maybe i sure? sure why not google it dude real quick you'll know will t- you'll know right away you want me to google if, if uh, i'll just, be sure just, had one just eyebrow? google no just google i'll be sure okay you'll be like yeah that's Unibra.
1: Or it's uh, oh, one eyebrow. He had a monobrow. Yeah, it, he definitely had
0: one eyebrow. Okay. That's him. Yep. I thought it was a unibrow. I'm old, guys, but I remember something about it. I'll be sure. You you had the, uh... yeah. All right, here's the other one we talked about on the show. Uh MCADE, how much can you take? I'm really hoping that's what it was. How much can you take? It should be like a Michael Myers or a Friday 13th. That's how yeah, that's it. Now imagine this with some like 12s, just wait. Bro, 15s or
1: 18s, some Sirwin Vegas and a uh, Zap board.
0: Can you hear that 808 right there? 808, dog. That's deep, dude. I remember it was like, this was, going up and down pacific avenue so stop i'm gonna paint a picture for you friday nights it was you'd go to the bmx track and you'd you'd hang out there until the bmx racing was done and then you'd ride your bike down go down like i think it's charter over like by miracle mile and then you'd, you'd roll down pacific avenue and dude there would just be mini trucks galore riding like cruising up and down uh uh, Pacific, and sometimes they would go over to like March, but not very often. Like people would turn around pretty quick right off of Pacific Avenue. In fact, right by Robbie's is where they would turn around at the end. They would like oh, okay. at Robbie's, you would turn around, then you go back up to, I think we call it Miracle Miles. Is, is that still a thing there? Do you know? I wish I heard? knew.
1: I am not a local, but I, I, I kind of think you're on the right track.
0: I don't know. It's the way I remember it, but it's a trip, dude. I got to tell you, um, nostalgia wise, dude it's such a weird thing to watch Crash Bandit on Instagram uh, and see him riding through Modesto. Because, like, I was watching him do a wheelie the other day, and I'm like, bro, I know exactly where that's at. I I watched a dude jump off the third-story parking garage after um, CKY. remember when CKY was like, they were like, you could only buy CKY VHS tapes at, like, skate shops. Yeah, yeah. Somebody somebody jumped off the parking garage right there at, like, J- I want to say it was like Jay and whatever, right in front of Tresetti's, if that's still a restaurant in Modesto. But like, we would all hang out at J Street Cafe right across the street from Brennan Theater. And there's a parking garage and a dude jumped off, thought he was going to land in a tree, did not land in the tree whatsoever, dude, and just Uh-oh. smashed his leg to pieces, dude. It was so disgusting. And I was like, he was riding a wheelie. I'm like, I watched the dude break his, like, break his life right there. Ugh. Um and he's like, dude, that's exactly where it's at. And I was like, dude, no wow. way. And then uh, I saw him drive, like, riding down Dry Creek, um, and I'm like, that that would be a trip, dude. So he, I was, he's like, you got to come out, man. And I'm like, thinking of all the places I would try and ride in one day to kind of hit all the spots I used to hang out in, like Modesto, and then like do the same thing down in Stockton. I uh, the other day, dude, it was like we were waiting, we had a, a ride, and I was like halfway through, I'm like, dude. I'm about 10 miles in. I'm like, I, I, I'm probably gonna head back, dude. It's it's getting late. It's hot. And uh I literally had to Google, like have Google read me directions, how to get back to the ride out where we started because I paid no attention. <laughs> Been
1: there, done that, dude. Yeah, Not a fun so feeling.
0: Funny. No. Okay. Um So MCade, that's a good one. Uh What else did we talk about? I think that was about it, right? I don't I think remember so. any other songs. Okay. All right, y'all. Well, Thanks for sticking through and listening to us talk about the uh the old days and uh, the old spots we'd ride in and uh 80s music after we close. So this will be the second close. We love you, take care, see you all around. Bye-bye. Bye bye